0: The birthright, when character defeats destiny. Episode 2 Audio Scene 1 A boy of about 16 runs frantically through a forest. It is obvious he is trying to escape from something or someone but whatever it is that pursues him is not in sight. The boy is dressed in white shirt, a pair of white trousers and white canvas. He has a bag slung across his shoulder. The forest is thick and scary. The fleeing boy looks around, fear etched in his eyes. He slows down at a junction leading to two paths he decides to take the left path. After running a little distance along the path he bursts into an open field. He stops and looks around. He begins to walk towards the center of the field. Then another boy appears from the bush and dashes towards the first boy. The new boy looks every inch like the first and he is dressed exactly like him, except that he does not carry a bag. His face is hard and full of hatred. The first boy starts to run again until he gets to the center of the field, then he stops running and turns to face his pursuer, panting, What is it? What do you want from me? He demands. The second boy stops running too. You know what I want? He answers, also panting. I want that bag of gold you carry with you. Give it to me right now. That will never happen. He retorts. The bag belongs to me, and the pieces of gold in it. Liar! The gold does not belong to you, it was handed to me. But you despised and disposed it. It is mine now and I intend to keep it. I ask you to give it to me, now. He starts to take steps towards the first boy. No way, I am the rightful possessor. The second boy dives for the first and catches up with him. A serious fight ensues. The two boys fight really hard. Rebecca Abraham soon appears from the bush and stands afar off. Seeing the boys fighting so fiercely she shouts in an attempt to stop the fight. Stop. Stop the fight, stop. Her voice is laden with emotion. You two are brothers. You are of the same blood. You should not fight. Stop. The first boy overpowers the second and strangles him. He manages to break away with the bag of gold and he runs towards Rebecca. Getting to her, he jumps and disappears into her tummy. The second boy struggles to stand. He then staggers in the direction of Rebecca. He reaches her and jumps. He also disappears into her tummy. Then Rebecca's stomach starts to protrude. She holds her stomach, alarmed. The tummy continues to increase until she looks heavily pregnant. Seeing the strange sight, she cries. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Scene 2 It is 2 o'clock in the night. Isaac and Rebecca are both fast asleep on their bed. Rebecca lies on her back, her belly protruded with pregnancy. She is 7 months on now. She moans in her sleep, rubbing her tummy like she is in some kind of pain. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Isaac is awakened by Rebecca's groans. He sits up in bed and stares at his wife for a spell before taping her arm lightly. Honey, honey, wake up. You are having a nightmare. Isaac remarks. Rebecca awakes. She breathes heavily and sweats. You were talking in your sleep again. Oh, was I? She breathes heavily. Ha, it was that dream again. Did you dream of the fighting boys again? Yes, I did. Isaac, it was so scary this time. You should have seen how the boys fought each other with so much hatred. Oh, I'm so scared. I don't understand these dreams. She cries. Why should my children come out of my belly to fight and then return into me? It is okay, honey. You will be okay and the babies will be fine. I believe we only need to pray more for the coming children. Everything will be alright. Trust me. But we have been praying a lot, yet the dreams keep coming. There is no doubt that something is badly wrong. I am afraid something terrible might happen to my babies. You should not think like that honey, everything will be fine. Isaac does not sound very convincing. Although he has tried many times to convince her, Rebecca finds it difficult to believe that everything is alright. She has had dreams similar to the one she had tonight too many times. This is either a demonic torment or God trying to pass a message across to her. She has tried to interpret the dreams but she is not sure her interpretations are correct. Isaac too has made several futile attempts. HMM, how I wish my father was still alive today. Abraham Tara really understood how to seek God. Isaac reminisces. I wish he is here to handle this with us. Rebecca nods thoughtfully. I believe father must be praying for us in heaven now, if dead saints still pray. She says. We certainly need someone to share this burden with us. I will arrange an appointment with the pastor. We should let him know what is going on. Isaac opines. Yes darling, I have been thinking of that too. Rebecca's face brightens a little at Isaac's suggestion. Isaac nods. He is glad he could give his wife a shade of hope. Scene 3. Leah, the secretary at the church office, is a woman of about 40. She sits at her desk this bright afternoon and works on her computer system. Isaac and Rebecca soon enter the office. It is a few minutes before their appointment with the pastor. Pastor Bedewell has been Isaac's pastor for many years. Isaac joined his church when Isaac graduated from the university almost three decades ago and he has served in various capacities in the church over the years. With Rebecca his wife, Isaac now heads the counseling department of the church. Isaac and Rebecca are regarded very highly by all members of the church, partly because of their deep dedication to kingdom service and partly because of their family's great affluence in the society. Those are two attributes uncommon to find in one individual. Isaac and Rebecca are humble and they relate freely with everyone in the church, high and low. The church secretary stands on citing them. Good afternoon sir and ma. You are welcome to the church office. She greets, beaming brightly. Good afternoon, my dear sister. Isaac greets in return. How are you doing? Rebecca asks. I am doing fine ma. How is your husband and the girls? Rebecca fraternizes in her usual manner. They are all well, thank you ma. Please sit. Leah gestures towards the sofas in the office and the couple sit on one of them. Thank you. Isaac says as he sits. The pastor is in a meeting right now but he should be through in about 20 minutes. Leah announces. I hope you can wait. Oh yes, we will wait. He already sent me a message to that effect. Isaac answers. Oh, okay then, Leah says and then sits. Pastor Rachel is in her office though. Should I inform her that you are here? Please do. We will like to say hello to her. Rebecca answers, excited. She has a great liking for the pastor's wife. Okay then. Leah dials Pastor Rachel's number on the intercom and speaks to her. She informs her that Isaac and Rebecca Abraham are in the church office. The pastor's wife asks that they be ushered into her office immediately. Scene 4. Pastor Rachel is 54 years old but she looks a lot younger than her age. She is a beautiful woman to say the least. She has four grown-up children who have all finished from the university. She pastors the church with her husband, supporting his ministry with her sharp prophetic gifts. Pastor Rachel sits behind her desk and reads the Bible. Isaac knocks her door lightly before opening it slowly and stepping into the office. Rebecca comes in after her husband. Pastor Rachel smiles brilliantly on seeing the couple. She stands and walks towards them with excitement. Wow. I am so blessed to have this beautiful couple in my office today. Hello Mama. Isaac greets her jovially. Good afternoon, Pastor. Rebecca greets the pastor's wife, standing at the door. You are most welcome. Pastor Rachel shakes hands with Isaac before turning to Rebecca. My darling sister. She hugs Rebecca and then steps back. Oh my God. This pregnancy looks really nice on you Sister Becky. Thank you, pastor. Rebecca smiles, blushing like a little girl. But you seem to have grown so much bigger since the last time I saw you. She looks genuinely surprised. I still saw you on Sunday, didn't I? Yes, you did. You didn't look this big to me on Sunday. Your baby must be really big, ah. She laughs. Rebecca holds her belly and laughs. Pastor Rachel moves closer and touches Rebecca's protruding tummy on both sides. Then she suddenly starts to speak in tongues. Rebecca also begins to speak in tongues uncontrollably. The pastor prays for some time and then she begins to prophecy. This is the word of the Lord, there are two nations in your womb, yes, two nations. There are two boys inside here. She turns to Isaac. Has she gone for the scan? Yes, pastor, she went for a scan a couple of weeks ago. He replies. We know from the scan that we have a set of twins coming, two boys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Pastor Rachel exclaims. The pastor's wife is really excited by the confirmation she just got to her prophecy. She speaks in tongues a little more and then continues to prophecy. The Lord says these two babies are going to be so different from each other. They are coming out of the same womb but each of them is so different from the other. She speaks in tongues a little. The ways of one the boys really pleases the Lord. He is so strong with God, and he will prevail over his brother. She speaks in tongues a little. HMM, I see struggles, yes, struggles. There shall be a major twist of fate in the future. You will see signs, fearful signs. But there is no reason to be afraid. You shall live, your children shall live and the perfect will of God will be done. Peace be unto you. She concludes. Pastor Rachel continues to pray in tongues softly as she returns to her seat. Isaac walks up to his wife and embraces her in excitement. They are both elated that God responded to their heart cry in such a dramatic way and that before they had even told their mission to the pastor. Scene 5. Isaac and Rebecca move around in a large shopping mall. As they walk they pick items from the shelves, deliberate on them and drop some into their shopping cart. The Abraham family have domestic staff that do their shopping but Isaac enjoys doing private shopping with his immediately family sometimes. Trailing the couple are their twelve-year-old non-identical twins, Esau and Jacob. Although non-identical, Both boys look extremely handsome. Esau's face however has a sort of toughness to it while Jacob looks softer with a slightly girlish face. The boys wear the same kinds of clothes and shoes. As they pass by a shelf, Esau picks a large pack of chocolate candies. Can I take this mum? Esau asks. Rebecca turns. No way, Esau. You have cartons of candies at home. Drop that already. Rebecca orders. Please mum, I have not eaten this brand of candies in ages. Esau persists. You eat others like it every day, I don't see any difference. Please. Esau is adamant. Isaac gives Rebecca an imploring look and winks at her playfully several times. Rebecca tries hard not to laugh or even smile at her husband's funny gestures. She had expected him to intercede for Esau and he has not failed to do just that. That is what he always does. She thinks he pampers the boy way too much. Please ma'am. Isaac pleads with Rebecca. Darling, the children have no need for more chocolate. There are cartons at home. Rebecca insists. Please mum. Esau begs. Esau does not give up easily. Jacob on his part is usually contented with whatever his mum decides is okay for the children. He seems to always have his mind occupied with things more important than cakes and candies. Rebecca gives Esau a long, reprimanding look. She hates to disagree with her husband in the presence of the children. All right, take only one pack but no one will eat of it until I give the instruction. That's okay mum. Thank you. Esau is jubilant. He drops the pack of candies in the car. Jacob only strolls along, seemingly oblivious of the little drama that just played out. Jacob, you are too quiet now, don't you want anything? Isaac asks Jacob. I want some novels, dad. They are at the other end of the mall. Jacob answers. That's okay. I want to buy some books too. Isaac says. The couple continue to pick items from the shelves and to drop them in the cart. Done with making their choices, they move to the payment point where their shopping is vetted and the items they picked are dropped in a huge shopping bag. Isaac then pays for the goods. While Isaac makes the payment, Esau stands right beside the big shopping bag. Jacob's is a few steps away. Jacob, come carry the shopping bag. Esau orders. And, what's the meaning of that, why don't you just carry it? Jacob replies stubbornly. I am the firstborn. I am not going to carry this while you carry nothing. I am your older brother. Esau says, arrogantly. That's rubbish. The bag is right beside you. Jacob retorts. Why am I even wasting my time talking to you? Esau says and starts to leave the mall. Seeing that Esau is leaving without picking up the shopping bag, Jacob also begins to walk out. Isaac calls Jacob. Come back here, Jacob. Are you going to leave the items we bought here? Isaac asks. Dat, Esau stood right beside the bag, he ought to carry it. Jacob protests. Esau is your older brother, he is the firstborn. Carry the bag, boy and let's get going. Jacob stands still, torn between a strong desire to match Esau's arrogance and the impossibility of disobeying his father. Rebecca has watched the goings-on without talking. She decides to talk now. It's alright, Jacob, I will compensate you for that, okay? Jacob gives Esau a reproving look and then goes to carry the bag, grudgingly. They all walk out of the mall. Scene 6 Rebecca and her second son, Jacob sit under a beautiful canopy in the compound of their home. Each of them reads a book. On a table between them is a bottle of squash and two half-empty glasses. The evening is cool and slightly breezy, making it a perfect time to sit outside and read. Two vehicles soon roll into the compound and stop close to Rebecca and Jacob. A hefty man jumps out of the first vehicle and rushes to open the back door of the second. Isaac steps out of the vehicle pulling a shopping bag with him. Jacob drops his book on seeing his father and runs to welcome him. You are welcome dad. He gives his dad a hug. You are blessed, my son. Isaac rubs Jacob's head gently before he hands him the shopping bag. I got two nice pairs of shoes for you and your brother. He announces cheerfully. Wow. Thank you daddy. Jacob runs to his mother and shows her the items his father bought. Isaac comes behind Jacob. Rebecca stands as her husband approaches her. Welcome darling. Thank you, my love. The couple embraces each other lightly. Jacob brings the two pairs of shoes out of the bag and examines them. He chooses one of the pairs for himself. Isaac pulls Rebecca aside and talks to her inaudibly. He takes his pair of glasses off his face and shows them to Rebecca. Isaac's vision has deteriorated considerably of recent due to many complicated eye conditions and he has spent a fortune trying to restore his sight. He just got another pair of glasses today. While Isaac discusses his eyes with Rebecca, Esau comes out of the house and walks towards his family. Welcome home, dad. Esau hugs his dad and his dad in turn rubs his head affectionately. You're blessed my son. Esau, dad just got us two beautiful pairs of shoes. Jacob announces gleefully. Come look at them. I have chosen this for myself. Esau goes to the table and looks at the shoes. I want those. Esau points at the shoes Jacob has taken for himself. You take these. No way, I already chose these. What is wrong with you, Jacob? Do I have to always remind you that you must wait for me to choose first? You always choose first. But I don't see why I should always wait for you to choose. Am I your slave or something? You are forgetting that I am the firstborn, I am your older brother. Esau says with some pride. We were born on the same day. I am the firstborn. The twins' argument catches the attention of their parents. They watch their contretemps for a while, then Isaac decides to wade in. Jacob, drop those shoes and let your brother choose first. He is the firstborn. There is an uneasy silence as Jacob holds on to the shoes. Rebecca speaks to her husband in a hushed tone so the children do not hear her. Does it have to always be this way, darling? The shoes are equally beautiful. Should Esau always have his way? It is the tradition. He is the firstborn. Isaac whispers. But I told you to always buy exactly the same thing for them. I tried but I couldn't get two of the same type. Isaac explains and then turns to Jacob. Come on, Jacob, give the shoes to your brother. Jacob pushes the shoes towards Esau angrily. When it is time to work, you do the puppy portion because you are the firstborn. I get to do the hardest parts. Then when it is time to share, you take the lion's share because you are the firstborn. Firstborn my foot. He blurts out. Esau takes the shoes and walks away towards the house with an air of victory. Jacob's eyes blaze with annoyance as he struggles to keep his tears from flowing. Story continues in episode 3. If you will like to read the rest of this story and other stories, visit livingtales.blog. Don't forget to follow, like and subscribe to the blog you will get updates when new stories are posted. Living Tales blog, exciting, life-changing true life stories modernized and dramatized for your reading pleasure. Are you prepared for home? Are you conscious of the fact that this world is not really home to any of us, and that the world is only our passage into eternity? If you are, then how prepared are you for the life hereafter? Sin will stop every man from returning to God after their time here and we were all born with a load of sin, Rom. 3, 23. But God loves you and He made provision for your sins to be forgiven and totally washed away with the precious blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary for the redemption of all men, f. 1, 7, Rev. 1, 5. Jesus died and rose from the dead. He is alive today and forever. If you will call on Him now your sins will be purged and your name will enter God's book of life, making you a candidate of heaven after death, Rev. 20, 12, 15, Rom. 10, 9 13. Please pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner needing God's mercy. I believe that you died for my sins and your blood was shed for my redemption. I call on you, Jesus, to forgive me my sins and wash me with your precious blood. I confess you today as my Lord and Savior now and forever. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Congratulations! You just made the most important decision of your life if you prayed the above prayer from your heart. This is what is required in God's Word for your salvation, Rom. 10, 9 10, 13. Please find a Bible based church and join to be taught in the ways of the Lord.